hello and welcome to episode 158 of Retro en- of Retro Encounter RPG Fans uh, Retro Gaming Podcast. Uh, Mike Solosi is out sick this week, so I am uh, substitute host Robert Fenner. Uh, joining me today are Mike Salvato. Hello, I'm here once again. And Scott Clay. What's up, everybody? And you've guessed it, we are diving headfirst into Mega Man Legends 2, uh, as it's, uh, it's Mega Man Legends month, inexplicably. <laughs> so, uh, this is, uh, this is the third game in the Mega Man Legends series, uh, following Mega Man Legends 1 in 9798 and the Misadventures of Tron Bon side story, uh, the following year, 1999. Uh, this is in, this was released in 2000, um, throughout most parts of the world. Uh, spring 2000 Japan, um, autumn in the US, and then uh, late summer 2001 in the UK. Um, already, uh, from you know, from the first five minutes of this game, you can see there have been a uh, number of quality of life improvements uh, that uh, Capcom were able to implement with a little bit more, uh, with uh, the uh, experience that they had uh, messing with... Uh, uh, the PlayStation architecture over uh, over the years. So, um, before we talk about what this game is, um, let's talk about our past experience with it. Um, so, Mike, um, do you want to tell me about your history with Mega Man Legends 2? Nope. Oh. No, I mean, okay, rather I would want to tell you, but I'm playing through it again, and I, I only played it once. I played it in mm. 2000, and so much of this I don't remember. Like, mm. I remember, like... A few things like I'm like oh, I remember that character and this character, but it's it's been interesting because I don't remember a lot of the locations. Mm. Um, so it's it's actually been pretty fun playing it again. How about you, Scott? So like I said before, this is like one of my favorite games. Um, I really love this game. Um, I said this like um, I think I said this on one of the Mega Man Legends One Pack podcasts. It was this game was I was so interested and so wanted to play this game that um, I had. That week that this came out, Majora's Mask came out also. And I had a street-broken copy of Majora's Mask when I was playing it. And I stopped playing Majora's Mask because I still think he's one of the best Zelda games to mm. play this game once I got the call to get this game. like So I stopped playing one of the best games, I thought, like for a Zelda game, and then just played this immediately. That's mm-hmm. how much I really wanted to play this game. And I really love this game. Mm-hmm. I still love this game. And it still needs mm-hmm. a sequel. <laughs> I I think early. I must have just rented this um when it was new um and i played a whole bunch of it but much like yourself mike i don't really remember much outside of um the first snowy island and the uh side trip to um to the forbidden island before the game kicks off in earnest um there were bits and pieces that like slowly came back to me but um with my there, it's not the same as me playing through Rockman Dash uh, over a several year period in Japanese. Um, I, I really just played this for like one weekend. Um, and I think I wanted to buy it and I probably ended up buying something that I didn't like as much instead. Um, and then, of course, it became very uh, expensive and rare until it was um, miraculously released on PSN a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm really thrilled with the opportunity to... Uh, to play this one again in earnest uh, at my own pace. So Mega Man Legends 2 picks up right where uh, the first game left off. And it's kind of like, it's it's it kind of feels like Mega Man Legends 1 is like almost a bit of a side story. And then this is the main event. Like right off the bat, you're, the Mega Man and Roll are 
um, searching for the mother load, which they kind of hinted that they were out to do before the flutter crashed at the beginning of Mega Man Legends One. Um, but we have this this quite quite this this quite long intro sequence with uh, Professor Beryl teaming up with his um, former partner uh, Von Blucher to. Um, search for the aforementioned mother load on the forbidden island which was something they did together um 30 years prior um and i think this i think this sets the stage and the tone quite nicely um it it feels like like it's almost got like a completely different mood from the first game would you agree yeah it's definitely it definitely feels like the first game was just a setup to make this game like he had like whatever Funi was thinking back then. He was like, "Yeah, I want this is what I want to make, but I have to tell some kind of beginner story or like setup story to get everyone introduced, and then like you know, push push this because mm-hmm. this feels like what like you should have learned all this stuff in Mega Man Legends One. You learn in this game, or at least you start to learn all this stuff. Yeah, like all of the backstory and lore stuff that gets thrown at you in the last like five minutes of the first game is like, <laughs> like yeah. front and center in this game." I think that makes it a slightly stronger narrative because um, it it feels like there's there's less time wasting. I mean, obviously, it's important to play the first game and to get to know the the Bond family and um, experience the relationship dynamic between Mega Man Roll and and Professor Beryl. Um, I think we said in, uh, or I think I said in the uh, in our last episode, the conclusion of Mega Man Legends One that you know everything that relates to the plot is just like at the tail end. Um, and you're just kind of running around hunting for treasure, but here it's, it's like, it's personal this time. And uh role <laughs> is trying to, uh, trying to find, trying to find the big treasure that they were looking for all along as well as, you know, find her parents who've been missing since she was a child. And it's almost got, it's, it, like, it's still goofy and lighthearted, but it's almost got a little bit more of a somber tone with, um, uh, Professor Beryl is all business with this with his von Blucher character. Um, oh yeah, he's way more toned down now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think I think it's like I think he's at, at that point when he's helping his friend. I think he's like scared of the Forbidden Mountain because of everything that's like happened to his family because of it, and it's mm. like he just doesn't want to go there anymore. And just because of that, he's like he's just you know okay, I'll go along with this just because you're my friend, you know. I feel like that affects his character. It's actually pretty nice to see something like that because hmm. you don't really. To be fair, he's an important character in the first one, but you don't see him very often in the first game. You yeah, see him maybe like three or four times, and that's about it. That's pretty much all yeah. he does. And he sits in the flutter for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh, okay, this this wacky old man. He's pretty entertaining, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot. Like he's very central to the plot here, and he has more depth to him, like already from the beginning." I I didn't get that, or my, my interpretation wasn't that he was only going with Blucher because they were friends. It, I agree that um, he's definitely afraid of the Forbidden Island, but I kind of got the impression that he's looking for uh, this lifelong closure, uh, but is you know still trying to conquer his fear to to gain that closure. So he's, yeah, he's that. like a, a yeah. tre- trepidation. And so we see a little bit more about um, Beryl and Roll's family right in the intro, where um, a uh, a newscaster is there to uh, is on is on board von Blucher's ship, the Sulfur Bottom, which is quite a name, um, <laughs> to uh, cover their expedition to Forbidden Island. Um, and 
Beryl recognizes her as his daughter, or at least she looks a lot like his daughter. Um, it, it's not really clear what's going on. She's uh, actually some kind of sky pirate in disguise as a news anchor. Her name is Yuna, and she uh, causes a bit of a ruckus on uh, on the sulfur bottom. Yeah. Can, can yes. we talk about the other newscaster for a second? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Who, yeah, who who barges in? It's like she's not a newscaster. I'm the newscaster, <laughs> but it's like it's the girl from Catalogs. I'm like, yeah. why are you off of Catalogs? Like, did <laughs> you get like a big TV. promotion or something? She's the TV. It even says KTV on it. It's the Catalogs I know. TV station. I like, guess they're, they're the roving to other islands. Are they the only game in town? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, possibly. No, nah, I think there's more than one TV, but. Yeah, I think there's more than one TV station. They say it a few times, actually. Like, if you talk to some of the, the different people around town. Mm. Oh, okay. But, I mean, there's, I there's, I was, there's, I was there's TVs on, too. I like the fact that it's a little throwback to another character. which Because you don't see anyone else from Catalogs Island in this game. Mm. They just... They're, they're gone. <laughs> I mean, there weren't really many characters who mattered that were native to True. Catalogs Island anyway. So... But I still, I still kind of missed Catalogs Island all the same. I mean, it wasn't as fleshed out as it could have been, but um, it felt, uh, you felt a real familiarity with that hub that you don't quite, that's not quite replicated in this sequel. I think, you know what I think, actually, um, now that I think about it a little bit more, um, the fact that they have that Catalogs TV thing right there, it makes the game feel like, you know, the world is more connected than, like, it was than you thought in the first game. Where mm. it felt like the island was like kind of its own separate thing, and it felt like everything was happening just on this island, and mm-hmm. nothing else was happening. Because the game, the game setup for the first one says everything's like there's just tons of water everywhere. There's like almost no land, right? But then all of a sudden you you start this game and you realize that everything's a little more connected than you originally thought. I think, which mm-hmm. is kind of actually kind of cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I I can't I can't really figure out what this Yuna this this fake newscaster's motivation is in this first scene. Um, I know she's just kind of causing a ruckus, but I can't really remember what she does. That's does explained she, later in the game. Does she steal something? I, no, no, she's she's just there. She's, she's just trying. She's just trying to stop them from going to the Forbidden Island. I see. Okay. Her technical motivation is to stop you from going to the Forbidden Island and waking up Sarah. Mm. Which she is... doesn't want Sarah to wake. Which is the first big uh, plot point of yeah. uh, of this game. This is what we do in the intro. Mega Man and Roll, they they stop off in the flutter at uh, the Kal- uh, Kalinka Island, which is this really this snowy little snowy little outpost uh, to uh, fuel up the um, fuel up the flutter and uh, pick up this dropship before they can go to Forbidden Island. And this kind of serves as your you know, like intro dungeon and um, reintroduction to the mechanics. I really like this area. This is this is what kind of stuck out in my memory um, <laughs> over the past eighteen years of just um, Mega Man in this little snowy town with this um, I, lovely music. I usually hate snowy towns in like yeah. most games, but I love this one. Like I, I can't stand the snow in real life. I, I hate it. <laughs> one of the worst things in the world. But I absolutely love this town. It's just it's just it's got snow. It's quaint. It feels like you're in the middle of like just a consistent like not a snowstorm, but like a you know nice little flurries and. Everything is kind of happy, peaceful music. It's kind of nice town. Mm. I yeah. Love, yeah, the music, and I think the music is actually fantastic too, right there. There's actually a lot yeah. more music. Oh, there's tons of more music. It's really good. All of it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like yeah. there ever is a time where it's like just silent. Like mm-hmm. sometimes that's all you heard in Mega Man Legends. Yeah, like anytime you're outside, basically. Mm-hmm. Like I like, 
you know, there's a few things in Mega Man Legends one, like musically that are good, like mm-hmm. memorable things, like when you're in the support car and stuff, but not a lot. Like there's way more variety in this one. Mm. So that's actually, that's kind of true of the whole game, but yeah, I like that town a lot too. And I think it's, I think it was a good call that they started with something like that because the next one you go to, it's like, it's outside, it's green. Like that mm-hmm. one feels a little bit like parts of catalogs. Yeah. So I think it was a good move that the first place you go to here is like completely different from what you're used to. Hmm. Yeah. It's this completely different color palette, sort of different dynamic. Um, and it's, it's quiet. It's peaceful. Um, one of the things I really love, um, about this game that's introduced in this area is the different musical light motifs where like the uh, town music, the field music, um, the inside of house music, it, they're all variations on the same melody. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you see mm-hmm. that repeated throughout the other islands in the game. And I think that's a really nice touch. And I like the, um, I like the inside the house music the best. It sounds like, um, it sounds like the song, it sounds like the pop song Stolen Kisses by Chris and Cozy. Um, and I really, I really like that song. No idea that <laughs> all right, sure. <laughs> no, <gonna> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's just me being a nerd. But um, right. well, now we have a subtitle for this post. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a really nice touch. Um, also, um, when you're out in the field, uh, it's got dynamic music for when Reaver bots pop out of the snow to attack yeah, you. Right, right. Like. Really uh, which back then was not something you actually like. Dynamic music was something that was not in the many games. Yeah, did they do that in um, Ocarina of Time? Mm-hmm. Uh, like not maybe like that. Mm. I'm not sure actually. I haven't played Ocarina of Time in a very long time. I can't, so like, sad we don't know this. <laughs> I like I just haven't played it in a long time. Yeah, like, me too. But this one feels it, it feels like the transition is like if it is if it is in Ocarina of Time. And I apologize if it's not. I, I feel like I should know that. Like, I think it is in the dungeons, one, but I'm not yeah, sure about Hyrule dungeons, Field. But like in this one, the, the transition feels like smooth. It yeah. feels like it's a, like a natural progression of the um, the music, and then it goes right back to the you know whatever music it's playing at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really really nice. Um, so you're here to pick up this dropship that Roll's father created it, um, but Roll's father is nowhere to be found. Um, instead, we have to rescue this guy named Big Joe. Uh, from the uh, from the mines near the town, uh, such a Capcom name. He really is. He's a real Capcom character. This dungeon, it's not that different from the dungeons that you find in the first game. It's really just to uh, allow you to get your bearings. Um, but right out of the gate, um, you'll notice that I think, like in this first hour, you'll probably see more varieties of Reaverbot than you see in most of the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of actual cool varieties of robots in this game. Like, mm. I think that's one of its actual strong points is there's they don't really reuse a lot of the enemy type. Well, there's some of the mm-hmm. enemy types that are reused, especially the small little the doll looking ones, like the spinny ones. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other ones are like every almost every dungeon has its own kind of set of robots. But the, those little spinning dolls, I mean, they were they were everywhere in the first game. And it's yeah, they were everywhere. That's like the only ones you fight. Most much of the time. much lighter touch here. It's kind. They're kind of. I wouldn't say rare, but they're used a lot more sparingly. Yeah. So it's it was nice to see them again, but not you know not have to see them yeah. absolutely everywhere. <laughs> right. That first little dungeon does feel like that one, but you know, it's. I guess you pick up on it a little bit. You really pick up on it in there because. You know the. 
textures in the first game are, you know, they're a little rough. It's an early uh-huh. PS1 game. I get it. Um, but whatever they did in this one, like all of the textures, like facial textures and the dungeon walls and everything is like much more, I don't know if it's higher resolution. I don't know what they did. But I think it's, I think it, it's it better just, use of shadows nicer. and stuff. Like the way they use Maybe. the shadows in this game, I think it looks... They, they managed to make those textures look a lot better than they technically should, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Also, the little like double door like mini loading screens in the first one are much, much faster in this mm-hmm. one. And they feel a little more connected nice. to instead of like... They feel like you, even though technically, I guess the limitations of the game is this door's here, that door's... Like that room's here, that room's here, right? They're not really connected. What you're yeah. seeing is a loading screen, right? But it feels like it doesn't. It doesn't feel that way. The way they have it yeah. set up this way. Well, plus you can see a map of the whole yeah. dungeon yes. now, which is so helpful. We had a big old complaint about that in the last episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think actually two things actually super improved. The controls are infinitely better than the first game. Oh my goodness! Eight directional movement with the stick. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then on top of that, you have that the map, which also has like an auto nav thing, auto nav part of it. So like, the maps increased the. The, the control sticks are great. You can actually use the control sticks now. Mm, and uh, yeah. it just feels good. Yeah. I still, you can walk still, on while moving. Yeah, you, yes. on. you still have... There's still an issue, I think, and this is my the most annoying issue I have with this game, is when you get hit and you're locked onto something, when you stand back up, you're not locked onto the enemy anymore. It will lock on to another enemy if it's next mm. Whatever's close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's... It's, it's super annoying. It doesn't misbehave as much as the first game's lock on. Though. It, it'll misbehave later in the game. <laughs> well, lot. I mean, when there's like when there's like eight enemies, like like just trying to come down on you and you get hit, it just like <laughs> it goes like, oh come on, I just want to target this one dude that's spitting out all these enemies mm-hmm. and you can't target it anymore. Did yeah. you both play this on PS3? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I did too. I did try playing it on Vita, but I had completely forgotten that this game used the right stick as well, uh, which. Um, you know, aside from uh, Ape Escape, I can't really think of many other PS1 games that use the right stick at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, I had um, to play on the original disc. I have all the original discs, so I had to play on the PlayStation 3. I don't know if that's a, I don't uh, know if the PlayStation Network version is different or not, to be honest. Uh, that's what I'm playing, and it seems seems ac- it seems uh, faithful yeah. and accurate. I didn't I haven't encountered any uh, glitches or weirdness. Um, but it has been so long since I played it on disc. Um, but, um, I did try playing it on Vita. Um, it doesn't really work, um, since, uh, you're going to want that lock on button and you're not going to want it on the touchpad, but you're also yeah. going to want to oh control. God, that'd be horrible. You're going to want to control the camera with the right stick as well as the shoulder buttons in case you want to fire and not lock on. And it's not very easy to do that on a Vita, so I switched back yeah. to PS3. I found, like, and even, what even is even nicer is they even give you four control types now. Mm. So you can play the game like you played it before, you can, like, switch to C&D setups, which I think are mm. a little more intuitive for uh, this game than it was. I mean, it, it's still not perfect, like, not mm. perfect dual stick controls, but they're still, like, I think the, the, D, the D and the C situations are, make the game feel way better. It's infinitely more accessible than that first yeah. game, and it feels more pleasurable to play. You know, the other thing about the presentation that I like, that also mm-hmm. you pick up on as soon as you leave that first town, is the ground is not flat everywhere in the world. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I totally which is another... Agree. I think that's another reason that the lock-on, like, they had to change that now, because in the first one, you didn't have to lock on that much when you're outside anywhere, because everything's always on the same plane as you. Now mm. there's hill rolling hills and stuff, so 
which is good. Like it makes the environments mm-hmm. feel way, way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I, I completely kind of blanked on exactly how flat uh, the plains of Catalox Island are. Yeah. I, I think there's like three hills in all of Catalox Island that are <laughs> yeah. like elevated, like slightly above like yes. elevation, and then that's it. <laughs> and the hills are just there to hold stag beetles. Yeah, that's it. That's all <laughs> they have. That's, they have two stag beetles in a comic. That's it. <laughs> yes. But, um,. As we go through this dungeon and we rescue Big Joe and get permission to use his dropship, that uh, that allows us to uh, that allows us to pursue uh, what's happening on uh, Forbidden Island and um, make a little expedition of our own uh, for the Mother Lode. Um, and the Forbidden Island, it's kind of like an Antarctica type continent in a sense. It's this it's this sort of like this. This, it's at the pole. It's like at, at the planet's wasteland. pole. It's a frozen wasteland. Yeah. It's also got kind of a Bermuda Triangle vibe, where um, navigation systems don't work, uh, and it's difficult to difficult to get through uh, on the uh, comm system. At least I think that's true. I think I'm not imagining that. But... No, roll, roll, roll. Just talks to you somehow. It's. It, I think it's that's the way it's supposed to be set up. But mm. like when you get there, it's like oh, rolls like, hey, hey, what's up? You good? Okay. It does Despite break. There being like, it breaks up a little bit, I guess, yeah. but. At the same time, it's like she has no problem talking to you. So I mean, mm. and the other, I guess it's kind of annoying. I guess the game has to do it just to to make it easier for like the player, right? But you can go mm. back on the dropship and go back up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. How does that work? <laughs> I, I know. I thought about that. I was like, you go through all this, like, okay, good luck down there. It's like, oh, you can come back whenever you want. Yeah, oh, I hadn't realized that. <laughs> yeah, you can just go right back up. Because <laughs> I think if the game feels like you, like maybe it's like. It's like a point of no return to, almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no point of return in the prologue. So. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I, I think th- there's a couple there's a couple things like that so far. Like on, just skip ahead a little bit, like to the next island where you have to like infiltrate yeah. this base. Like it tells you, it's like, yeah, it's like if, if you have trouble, like you can go out. And like you just step outside <laughs> and yeah. recharge your energy with data and save like between events. Mm. Yeah, which I think like, is helpful because like some of the events are like, Sometimes they surprise you and like, oh, just just kidding, you lost. Like before you even realized it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that you can like save mid event just to mm-hmm. save a little bit of time. Yeah. Well, like um, <laughs> speaking of that uh, that series of events um, in particular, um, I felt like I didn't have enough um, enough items from the junk shop. So like I got back in the ship and then like the message on the map screen was like, what do you think we're doing? We, what do you think you're doing? We have a mission to, uh, to accomplish. And I was like, oh no, is it just not going to let me uh, go back to other <laughs> islands? And no, it was absolutely fine with me doing that. Just wanted yeah. to admonish me while it did so. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, so Forbidden yeah, Island is, about... is oh, yeah. I'm sorry, please go ahead. <laughs> No, that's what I was going to say. Like, you were talking about the Forbidden Island. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like an overworld dungeon, really. You're running through this snowy wasteland and uh, taking on Reaverbots to get to the center um, where uh, this big sort of out-of-place artifact exists. It kind of looks like... Um, kind of looks like something that you would find near the end of the first game, this swirling um, diamond uh, in the sky. Um and uh activating that um causes a uh causes a boss battle with like an elephant reaver bot which looks really yeah. cool. That's what I was talking about before like every there's a wolf reaver bot there and mm. an elephant reaver bot feels like you know you're just snowy tundra like they it doesn't really look like an elephant right it's got like kind of does. You can tell trunk. what it's going for with the trunk. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but it, I think that's kind of a cool little aesthetic for a, a lot of these dungeons. Is you have a lot of these things that's supposed to look like an animal, but it's a robot. Mm. Robot animals. Almost kind of like a Mega Man X vibe there. Yeah, I can feel yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, so you you defeat this uh, you defeat this Reaverbot this this elephant boss um, who it kind of feels like a standard Mega Man Legends boss you circle strafe you jump out of the way of its attacks you just wear it down little by little uh, and once you do that um, you activate this uh, you activate activate this diamond and there's this nude girl inside uh, who. Uh, wakes up straight away, and it's obvious she's like from some sort of precursor race. Uh, and her name is Sarah. And um, from the hillside, you see that uh, Yuna, the fake uh, news reporter, is um, watching this unfold uh, before she escapes with uh, with her um, with her partner in crime. Um, who, who's a transformer or something? I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's like a. <laughs> he's like a program slash reaverbot slash he looks like, like something out of like trails of cold steel uh <laughs> in this robot state yeah yeah um so you take you uh you end up taking sarah and geats back to er, her, sarah and her retainer geats you take them back to uh the flutter because you know where else are they gonna go <laughs> and um and this sort of begins the game in proper with uh uh, Mega Man and Roll finally linking back up with Professor Beryl to um, to locate these uh, these keys to unlock the mother load at the uh, center of Forbidden Island. Um, what do we think of, of Von Blucher? Oh, Von Blucher? I, I mean, he feels like like you even his little shit. If you go on the ship, you get it's got the the royalty free music the. It's got the Vivaldi. Uh, yeah, the Vivaldi spring, going on. Is it the spring movement? I think it's the spring I, uh, movement. Yeah, I think it's spring movement. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it, it feels like you're, like... It feels, once you hear that music, I think you hear that music in, like, any kind of, like, TV show or anything. You think you're in, like, some, like, rich, fancy, like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a total jerk. But he's really not, like, a jerk. He's just, you know, like, yeah, I got money. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And um, I'm going to make you go look for his keys because... I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I got. Yeah. I've never gotten to the end of this game, but he strikes me as somebody who's going to be a problem later. No. I could be completely. Uh, wrong. I, I oh. He's, he's well. just he's just a character. <laughs> oh, there he's we just go. A character. There you go. I mean, it's not like he he just gets kind of relegated to sitting in this fancy little thing. Yeah, you, you, uh. you're rich. Whatever. Yeah, it it really struck me as um the um rich benefactor who is polite but is maybe hiding something but um i guess that's not the case in this game no so. i you think that you you'd be like you'd he, like, he oh, does okay, have that vibe yeah he has yeah. that vibe like i said like he's just yeah i'll do whatever i want make kids do go do it and when but now nah, he's just friend mm-hmm. rich friend he's got that well, money but he doesn't want to give you that money you know you, you can go to all these islands and i have tons of money i could probably give you all this money to, like upgrade your stuff and so you'd be able to get all this stuff really easy now i'm not gonna give it to you well, they said that they, they do say that he spent all of his money on the sulfur yes. bottom. Yes. Oh, they say all so he, his money. Yeah. yeah. He so he's still. he's asset rich, asset rich, liquid poor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um. Actually, the the if I'm not getting too far ahead here, the the money thing is a kind of an interesting thing. I forget where exactly it is. 
it might be mm. in the intro when Roll tells you it's like, hey, like we needed money oh. to like repair the flood or whatever. So I, <laughs> I sold all your weapons. Sorry, I sold them, and that actually comes up in the next popcorn too. That's a really great like, excuse for um, setting you back to level one. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I like too that she specifically sold your weapons, so you at least still have the jump boots. Mm. Um, I just thought Which it was good. Funny. He's he's like, you did what? <laughs> Oh, well, um, it really fits in with the sort of rough and tumble nature of uh, the Flutter crew and how they're basically just barely holding it together. So um, I didn't find it too um, eye roll worthy, I suppose. Oh, no, I liked it. I, it yeah. Like you said, it makes it, way more sense than just, oh, yeah, I don't have these things anymore. Yeah. And it kind of like as you go through the game, and I don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but as you go through the game, like roll, you realize roll actually spends a lot of money on a lot of stuff. And they kind of like it's like okay that makes sense now. You'll see it towards the towards the end. I almost feel like we should just jump right ahead to um, the location of the first key to the mother load, which is Manda Island. And um, when you get there, um, Tron Bon is there in like this crab tank, um, and we see a little bit of Tron and Teasel in the intro where they're both attending. Um, they're both attending the press conference of Blucher and and Beryl uh, with this other um, nefarious-looking guy named Glide. Um, and, and Claymore. Uh, yeah, Claymore as well, who's like, he's kind of like, he looks like Gigantor. Well, okay, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I guess they tried to open a shop and it failed because Teasel's an idiot um, and just bought <laughs> yes. things that he wanted to keep. Yeah. <laughs> um, Makes sense. So, um, it seems like the Bonds tried to turn over a new leaf, but now they're plotting something. And indeed, uh, when Tron drops out of the sky in the middle of this village with her, uh, crab tank, um, you got this quite amusing scene where, um, she's using a voice changer and pretending to be Roll and saying that, like, oh, uh, yeah, he's a loser. You can have him. And she's like, well, I don't want him. But hey, Mega Man, she, you know, she sold all your weapons. So, like, did she really have to do that? That's your stuff. <laughs> um, it's like this sort of, like, weird, um, uh, please, please notice me, Mega Man Senpai. Um, yes. <laughs> by the way, I'm going to turn you against all the other ladies in your life. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> what did you guys think of this scene? Actually, I, I like that scene. I feel like it's hmm. um, Tron, like it, you get the first of all, Tron is still you. You understand that Tron's still really like madly in love with uh, Mega Man, even though she has no reason to be. He's you. She's you saved her from a dog. He kicked that and dog. All of a sudden, yeah. yeah, he kicked the dog, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, now she's trying to like convince you to join the crew and everything. Else. And she tries this like multiple times throughout the game, and it's actually pretty hmm. funny. She's, so she keeps repeatedly. Like, like oh, I need, I, I just want him to join because she wants to be close to you. And then it's like, she'll try to try and roll against you. And there's more interaction with Roll and Tron in this game than mm. the previous game. It feels like they ever meet each other in the first game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was really cute. Mm. And, and, it, and it worked. It worked because of that line earlier where she sold his weapons. Like, they, I like that they tied that in. He's like, mm. oh, wait. That is kind of weird now that I think about it. Why is everything so expensive? Yeah. <laughs> it, can't be, it can't be worth a million zenny to upgrade this laser beam. <laughs> exactly. I, I've always had a soft spot for Tron, and it's um, scenes like this that sort of continue to uh, endear her to me. And um, when you beat her crab robot, you get this... Um, 
you get this cutscene that's kind of sad where like she's she's very upset um and Mega Man is just like in the background on the comms with Roll talking about how they're going to have pepperoni pizza together. I did that. <laughs> Good job. I like that scene. That's the best scene actually. Yeah. Pizza. <laughs> and, and like Mega Man looks back at Tron and you can tell that he feels kind of bad about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I actually like the way she explodes out of the every everything you do <laughs> destroy from her she just like does a little flip and she's on fire for most of the time. Yeah, she's like in a jumping jack pose. It's good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, so from here, uh, Amanda Island is um, liberated from, well, whatever Tron was ty- trying to do. And um, we start to see um, what the rest of the world is like outside of, of catalogs. Um, and here it's like, it's kind of like a, a a blend of like um medieval japanese and maybe um indigenous american peoples there's there's like mm-hmm. kind of totem poles it's it's all a bit of a mishmash um but it's a it's a much less industrious region than we've ever seen before yeah i'm it's weird because they don't it's not like they're uh, they've never seen like even technology before they just they just don't have it on the island. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, when you go to the mayor though, the mayor looks like she's, you know, supposed to be like, she's wearing like a nightgown and I mean, she's like she's going out to, to the club. But, she, yeah. she is, she's busty. She is definitely yeah. busty. But I, it, it's weird. It, it, that's why they always say it's like, it's weird to see all this interaction with all these different parts of the world where like some world parts that have technology, but other parts really don't, but they still know everyone else has technology. They just don't mm. want to use it. Well, they still right. sell things in the junk shop, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they they just seem to be getting on, uh, in their own uh, their own way. Yeah, yeah, and I I liked seeing that. Um, did you guys engage with the mayor and her dojo yes. much? Oh yes. yes. Oh boy. Oh, we did. We did the whole one hundred question quiz on stream. It was. Oh, you did. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I I I will freely admit that I used a guide. Uh-huh. For some of it, not for everything, but like the quiz I mean, is hard. You have nothing to apologize no, for that it's quiz. It's so it's so wild because it's like it's, you know, it's the ridiculous. Two, the two little girls each have their own set of questions. There's Even like those questions and... are ridiculous. Yeah, but they, it, they go from they go from. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you, but they have. I have to say, it, they they go from like, um, what color is like, what kind of money does America use? Cash or dollars, right? What dollar you? Know, and then like the seventh question is like. The Java bat is the largest bat, the bat in the world. What's its wingspan? It's like, yes. a, a what? I don't yeah. know what a Java bat is. <laughs> yeah, like, there's it's a like lot of historical... There's a lot of historical things that, like, I guess historical buffs would get, but some of them are just so obscure. There's so many 80s no. music. And, 80s, and it's so... so... Many 80s music questions. I love it. Well, I will, I will yeah. never forget that Private Eyes was released in 1981, because that is, that is Hall & Oates' best album. <laughs> Hall & Oates, baby. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, you answer some questions about Hall & Oates, and then you a- answer some questions about when Mussolini came to power. So yeah. it, it's really, like... What is going on with this quiz? Um, my my girlfriend was sitting watching me do uh, do this, and she just like kept bur- she kept bursting out laughing at just how um, ridiculous and unrelated all of the questions were. Yeah, no, Chad really, Chad really liked that too. There, I was like, you know, what? you guys can guess because I don't know half these questions either. Like, there's some <laughs> of them that are just like straight out of right field. It's like you feel like you've just bombarded. But the, the nice thing is, although even though that's the case, right? There's a lot of hard questions. They're in a, like a rotation. Mm. of like so once you once you've seen like 
maybe you get like six or seven questions right. If you go through, if you get the like, if you get it wrong, right, and then you go, you talk to her again, you get the next one wrong, you just go like that. You can start over at like a certain thing, get that seven questions, right? They're just mm-hmm. they repeat that mm-hmm. way. So it, it's kind of easy at that point because you know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you don't know the answer, you're just you're just guessing. I so really, right. I really appreciated just how weird it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what is a trumpet? It's like, is it a musical <laughs> instrument or some other thing? Yeah. And then, what well, I forgot what my favorite one was. I was explaining it to to my girlfriend. I'm like, yeah. It's like, it asked you which one of these, or there's the one, like, which of these plays music? And it's like a cassette deck and, like, an elephant and all these weird things. <laughs> well, that's really easy. And then the next one's like, you know, how many full albums did the Sex Pistols release? I'm like, okay. Hey, just the one. Yeah. Just the one. <laughs> all right, all right. Was I the only one who didn't know that one? I yeah. knew all the music ones. The music hey, ones okay. I had. Every, okay. I knew all the music ones except the Janis Joplin one. I yeah. didn't know. I, 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 her it's, album, her second album, third album. I don't know what. Janis it was Joplin. her. It was her posthumous album. It was Pearl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like, Sex he, Pistols like, broke up like, like instantly after releasing like, their first album. What's a Benelux country? I'm like, a yeah, it's, it, it's 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 Belgium, the Luxembourg, and, and the um, yeah, and the Netherlands. It's the letters in the I didn't know that. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is this? It was uh, just those questions are great. It's weird. Yeah. It's good. I'm I'm a fan. Uh, so I played with I played with that gang for a while and got their items. Um, I haven't done the 100 question yet. I think I gave it a crack and was like, mm, I'll come back to this. <laughs> um, which yeah, you get the you get the you get the Zester saber, which is for the blade arm. Okay, or you can buy it for two million. Yeah, really who who wants to do that? Nobody wants to give this lady two million. Any. Yeah, no one. No. <laughs> There's a lot of expensive things in this game. Mm. Um, so moving on from her, uh, we go to Manda Ruins, where the uh, first key is held, and this is this sort of like plant-like dungeon. It's almost got a bit of a um, Great Deku tree vibe, jungle, like jungle vibe. Yeah, that's what I feel like when I walk in there. Like yeah, poisonous frogs, fire frogs. Yeah, frog frogs. frog reaver bots. Um, and, uh, already, um, like, I, I know in our last episode, I was saying that I wanted more, um, more verbs and variety, um, in the dungeons and this sort of, you know, it's like wish granted right off the bat. You're engaging with, uh, different, uh, puzzle rooms and hazards to avoid. Um, and they're all pretty simple, but there's obviously much more variety at play, um, than there was in the, uh, different gates in the first game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really it, nice to see. Each one has its own theme, and I and their own theme with their own reaver bots, with their own you know unique bosses. It mm-hmm. feels like it feels like an actual maybe like almost like a Legend of Zelda dungeon. Mm. Like you, you go in there, it's a, like this is the forest temple, quote unquote, right? This is the forest temple to get mm-hmm. the forest key, right? Yep. And right, I, yeah, it, it's nice. It, it's, it's a, a bit. Totally of, it's a, over the first one. Yeah, it's a bit of Zelda, and it's a little bit about what. Um, uh, one of Solosi's big sticking points with the first one is like all the places feel the same. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, you don't get a weapon from the boss here, but the fact that each each dungeon, each island has its own like theme and enemies is like a mm. big, big improvement. Can we speak about the weapons real quick? Absolutely. This is one of the issues I had with this game. Okay, so because this is exactly where you get the drill arm. Now, I was mistaken about the first game. The first game, you don't have to bring the drill arm really anywhere. This is what I was thinking of, though. Mm. This game forces you to bring the drill arm. To every single well, dungeon, it doesn't force you. you. It well, it doesn't force you, but if you don't bring it, 
you miss out on a lot of items and a lot of money mm. because you have there's there's every even these main dungeons have walls that you can drill through mm-hmm. that have stuff behind them and, you know even like this one has the technically I think it's the either the compass or the, the even the game has like a map compass system same mm-hmm. thing as Zelda but like there's there's if you want to make some of the best weapons in the game which you probably won't use because you're stuck with the drill arm most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's you're always dragging it into these dungeons i was happy to run through uh initially and just play it like a dungeon and then go back later with the drill arm but still it is baffling that they didn't you know allow you to equip any weapon at any time and instead make you keep going back to roll because that's so archaic and not fun and yeah. some of the and some of the the weapons in this game are really fun like the later weapons are really fun and they're really kind of a little more intuitive than, you know, the previous game. And it's a shame that you can't use most of them for most of these dungeons. Hmm. Yeah. So. Should I have well, the drill could. already? Um it's 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 right around right where the mayor's um house is. It's in the pot right there. I think you have to pick up the the gear uh to use the drill. It's in this it's in the flutter area of the um of the of the sulfur bottom. Uh, I had to look at a guide to find oh, yeah, okay, it. Yeah, I yeah, found yeah, a yeah. drill. Oh, yeah, okay. Because I got then... the one by the mayor's house. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, the, yeah the heavy gear, I think, is in the, the uh, by the It's the just dock, in, you know? in a nondescript crate in the, yeah, uh, the dock box. area. Yeah, you're right. Okay. You're right. You're 100%. Yeah, I got to go get that. And then I, you, I, think I, mentioned, everywhere. I think I mentioned on that last one, but I think the machine buster is one of the first ones you can get in the first game. Mm. But for some reason, I just completely forgot to go down that one hallway until the very end. <laughs> so it was like the last weapon I unlocked in that game. <laughs> the nice thing, like, and the nice thing is they even the homing missile, like, oh yeah, early in this game. Oh, and it's yeah. so handy. It's probably one of the best weapons in the game. Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, if it's... You could use it because you're stuck with a drill arm. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's there's some aerial battles coming up. Yeah. Um, that it's almost indispensable for. Um, but when you, when you, you get through Manda ruins and, um, eventually you kind of, you have to turn the ruins back on, which makes it a little bit more hazardous. Like there's, uh, a room, like you, you have to like go through it, turn it on, then go through it again. And then there's like electrified floors and, um, the, uh, reaver bots are on high alert. Uh, the fire frogs come out. Um, and it's all a bit, uh, hazardous and scary mm-hmm. <laughs> um right and when you get and, the, the, yes okay, sorry. no please. i was gonna say like the talking about the electric floors and stuff like that i think that's the first like you run into like status effects in this game yeah like, that's new. very cool mm. like you can get set on fire and you can lose all your energy or you can get like heavy boot status i think that's what someone called it in chat when we were doing the heavy mm. boots it's like we're in iron <laughs> boots the entire time can't jump anywhere and there's like almost a it's not quite poison but like some of the reaver bots they they spray you with this yeah. green stuff yeah. It, and, like, loses your energy. You can't actually shoot anything, and then you lose all well, your weapon energy. You you can, um, but you have to be at, like, point-blank range. Point it blank. basically turns it into a melee attack. Um, yeah. I ended up, like, beating a boss with that, with just a sliver <laughs> of health left. <laughs> when I... <laughs> um, in the, I think it was in the, like, the, the test, uh, the, uh, the digger test uh, to upgrade your license. Test, yeah. yeah. Um, but you get to the end of this dungeon and you fight this big frog, um, and this feels more like a um, interesting boss encounter than uh, anything that we saw in the first game, or really anything that we saw so far. I mean, the the uh, the Tron crab battle is very fun, um, but uh, 
you've got a specific set of mechanics to engage with here. Like you're standing on platforms and this frog is jumping from platform to platform and like shooting its tongue out at you. Um, and it feels very, very unique and cool. Yeah. It's got yeah. bubble attack. Just shoots bubbles at you. It does. Bubbles that hurt. They <laughs> really hurt. They track. They track you like halfway yeah, across ho- that map. It's homing like, bubbles. Really? Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that supposed to be like a reference to bubble man? Because no other game has bubbles that hurt that bad. There were bubble frogs, <laughs> weren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Or there's bubble crab. There is bubble crab in X2. Ah, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a lot no, of bubble crabs in Japanese games. It's like uh, Wonder Boy had bubble crabs. Oh, really? I, I don't know where that came from, but I kind of like it. Hmm. No, I, I like that boss battle a lot. Like, there's so many hazards in there and different platforms. And not to keep comparing everything to Zelda, but it definitely does feel like something you would see in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I was going to say right. it's very Zelda. Like, even has it even has you know mid dungeon boss fights. You have to right. fight yeah. Bola twice. It's like oh it's yeah, I should have mentioned Bola. For Bola's some cool. Not, I love Bola. Not in my notes. Yeah, I don't really want to be here, but all right, I guess <laughs> yeah. we'll fight. I'll, we'll fight. And he has such a cool voice. He sounds like he's just having fun. He's like, eh, you're cool. I well, got gotcha. you. You know, talking about the light motifs of the music earlier, he's got like this very sort of jazzy, mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of jazzy like saloon or a uh, barroom version of the uh, dungeon music that <laughs> shows it. Like, hey, I'm a cool guy. We're both cool guys. Let's just get this fight over with. Yeah. I wish I had like saloon music that followed me around when I talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> I'd feel way cooler. So I like. Sorry, let me cut you off, Ed. No, no. Let's 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 talk about Bola. Unless you wanted to talk uh, about yeah, something else. Bola, Bola and Claymore are like they're kind of like you. If you played Misadventure of Trombone, you know who Glide is, right? Mm-hmm. But Bola and Claymore are new, and they're just two really cool characters. I, I like both of them. I think mm. they're they're fun, like older characters. They're older than everybody else technically, and they're like they they've been looking for the motherload for. Their entire lives, and now they they see it like an opportunity to do it. They're like, oh, man, we gotta we gotta come out of the game. We get we gotta come back into the game to just get this one thing. And they want to get their like their lifelong dream done. Mm. And they're like, but we gotta beat this blue dude to get it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's really like there's no hard feelings here. They're not yeah. they're not evil. They don't have the rage against you that. Um, that uh teasel does um they're uh, another interesting element they're throwing a monkey wrench into the works yeah um and he he's weird he's kind of like this he he looks a little bit robotic he's got like a like sort of bandages over his face and he's able to uh teleport and uh sort of materialize and disappear at will so you don't really know what's up with him at first but he makes a real stunning entrance for sure. I mean, I think I think um, Bolo's been my favorite character in the whole game. I just I, okay. I just like his attitudes to everything. He's like, you know, I'm cool, man. I, I, I'm getting old. <laughs> it feels like it feels like they're it feels like they're uh, Murtaugh from the uh, Lethal Weapon. Okay, that's the, yeah. the that's the that's the that's the the vibe you get from either both Claymore and uh, Bola. Ren- Renegade Murtaugh. Getting old for this. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that one of the th- times you fight him in that dungeon. He's like. He says something about that too. He's like, you know, you know, enjoy your youth while you have it, or something. So you'll be old, <laughs> and you won't be like run around so much, or something. It's kind of funny. I think, I think maybe it's the second encounter with him where, like, it's kind of intense because he's sending these traps out at you that he's got control over. That 
you know, these, these spinning blades on wheels. And I think you only, you like, it's, it just feels tiring, but I think you only have to get his, his health down like halfway before he's like, oh, whatever, just forget it. I'll see you later. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he puts a, he puts a little bit of a, like a wrench into the whole circle strafe and jump kind of mechanic that you've been doing for like the entire first game and like yeah. this part of this game. And then it's like, okay, well, I really, now I got to pay attention to my left and right, which mm. is, because if I don't, I'm just going to run into these traps. Mm-hmm. And they, right. they, the pattern of the traps moves, uh, yeah. like they're, uh, they are initially stationary and then they sort of can rotate around. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting little dynamic that he adds. You still got a circle strafe, but well, yeah. now you got to <laughs> pay attention to where you're going. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, most of the battles so far, at least where yeah. I am, mm-hmm. it's true. Like they, they throw a little wrench in it. Like you can't even do it with, uh, Tron when you're fighting her. Because mm. just the pattern of her bullets, like some of them you have to jump to avoid. You can't just yeah. run around in circles. Because mm. every, almost every single thing in the first game, you just circle strafe and you mm. win. Um, so it's it good did. that they make you like think on your feet a little more here. Feels a lot better. Feels a lot um, yeah, more sure. like they were trying to think of ways to shake up the formula. And I think they succeeded yes. so far. Um, but uh, once you beat this big old frog in uh, Manda Ruins, you get the first key. Um, and, uh, when you report back to Von Blucher, you're told that, uh, the second key is, I believe they say it's at Nino Island, uh, where the, uh, digger base yeah. is. Um, and Nino Island's very interesting. It kind of reminds me of, um, one of those micronations like Sea, Sea Land. Um, it's like a, a, a country that exists on this sort of, uh, oil rig like structure. Uh, it's just like a, um, one base that, uh, in the sea that acts as a bit of a city state. Um, and you get shot down here because they're expecting, um, they're expecting pirates and they're just going to shoot anything that gets into its airspace. Um, so, um, your arc on Nino Island starts with you sort of stranded there, uh, waiting for, um, waiting for their mechanics to make good and fix the flutter while you, um, you know, uh, engage with the head of the uh, Diggers Guild and um, and see what's going on here. Um, I like this area quite a lot. I feel like it's very small, but I feel like it's got a lot of character packed into its uh, area. I don't know what you guys thought. I, I yeah, I mean, it's not as like it's weird in its a- approach, and it's like okay, it's, there's not because there's not much to it. There's there's one floor, there's a second floor, and that's it. Right, and it doesn't feel like an island, I guess. Hmm. But at the same time, you realize that this is because we you went to the first island and then you go to the second island. And everything's going to be different. Like they're mm-hmm. all going to have their own themes to it, and I kind of like that about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of like the idea of, of it being like right in the smack dab, like it's own it's on a small little pillar, I guess. I guess it got to mm-hmm. be a pillar, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like city on a pillar, in the middle of the ocean, nothing else, mm-hmm. no land, just this. <laughs> kind of reminded me of like the Thames and Xenogears or um, Fisherman's yes. Horizon in Final Fantasy yeah. VIII. I was gonna I was, that when, when I was about to say that same thing. I was about to say very uh, Thames and Xenogears. Mm. Yeah, I like it though. Like it's it's you know even though the game feels really different than the first one, it does. I think in this one you get. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know. I I like that you go. It feels so different from like the islands and it's this compact everything's metal here like mm. you went from this really primitive island to like this metal industrial thing but then there's like a little bar and same with the first game and the music store we talked about and it just there's a lot of like nice little touches there 
Mm-hmm. Like you can go in the bar and like you can look up and there's like a wine and beer menu and there's like a sparkling wine and there's little advertisements <laughs> and posters. Oh, most of which you can interact with. I'm sorry, I got a little tangent right here, but like talking about the bars and stuff like that. Um, if you go to the first bar in the first city, the uh, in the snowy area, right? Mm, um, yeah. You can watch Mega Man. Yes, TV. yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's sort of like that three, uh, three frame GIF of him like yeah. falling over and stuff, <laughs> and, and that's Proto Man whistling. Yeah. yeah, but it, it goes even more into depth about that because if you go back to the flutter and you read um, Barrel's notes about how he found Mega Man, mm. Roll names Mega Man when they find him right after oh. the video game. Yeah, so the video game exists <laughs> in the Legends world. Oh, I didn't see that one yet. Okay. Yeah, so you you just go into the flutter, go to Barrel's room, and read how the, there's two Mega Man findings, how they found him, and then Roll just names him after favorite, her favorite video game character. That's how he has named Mega Man. But also, it's like wow. described as like he's a. They find this this infant, and he brings the infant home, and Roll's like, "Let's name this infant Mega Man." Yeah, it's just got to be what like three or like two at this point. Like it's just like Mega okay. Man. It makes so much so less just... sense than Rock. It's yeah. just like the couple on catalogs, like, yeah, we named our kid Mega Man, and we yeah, were there like, you go. that's <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> Not anymore, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have to go check that then. Little yeah. aside, um, some friends of mine were they they've had their baby, but before they had their baby, they had a book of baby names, and one of the names in the book was Master Man. <laughs> what? That's so Why? I don't Why know. Name in a book. Yeah, people. I can tell. You, I work with a lot of kids, and I can tell you, I've heard some really weird names. <laughs> like people name their kids weird stuff. I mean, that's cool. If you want to name your kid, but keep in mind, they gotta live with their name for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get or at least till they're old enough to change yeah, it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't know. Whenever I hear something like that, I I think like, okay, you know how kids can be like your kid is going to have to go to school with other kids with this name mm. that yeah. can really easily be turned into something. Not even that. just that. They just have some, like they're just like straight out of left field. It's like your name's what? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> if that's your name, I have the, I'm like, okay, it's yeah. just, you hear so many weird names. People have like the strangest ideas. It's like yeah. they're, they're trying to name a cat or a dog, but it's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners don't name your baby Mega Man. Yeah, exactly. That's the moral Unless of the you're story. really you're a huge, huge fan and you want him well, to be especially, totally especially. his life. <laughs> um, so, um, so here on Nino Island, um, we when we speak to the head of the Diggers Guild, um, the island is uh, quickly attacked by Glide and his bird bots, who are kind of like they're like this Sentai squadron of they're kind of like serve bots, but they're ducks. Or geese, one of the birds. two. Just bird bots. Are, are they just birds? birds? I don't know if they're like geese or bird, like, but they're just bird bots. They look like ducks. I don't yeah, know. I would say more ducks. Yeah, I don't know. They, they're too poly, too polygon like to figure out what they are. Little really, little little ducks with bazookas. They've kind of got a Sentai vibe. <laughs> I really wish Mike Solosi was here because there's like a green one and a purple one with an eye patch, and then the red one is their leader, and it's it's completely his even, jam. Even the blue oh, one absolutely. calls. Uh, the other uh, Mega Man. Oh yeah, you the other blue one. I heard about you. And you can hear like the back of the thing. It's like, yeah, I'll take you on. Blue guy to blue guy. That's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, this leads to what I felt was kind of the most annoying mission so far, which is uh, def- it's a multi-part uh, defense of Nino Island from the uh, encroaching bird bots. Um, so they're trying to land and shoot at the uh, 
shoot at the gates uh, with their bazookas to get in. So you have to, you know, you have to shoot them down and then shoot down their ships. Um, if they get through, um, the mayor has some sort of existential crisis and, and um, he blows the island up. He's yeah. Like, like he nukes a, himself and everybody on it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's children there. What are you doing? <laughs> um, not that important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you have to do this a few times. Like at, you know, at first there, uh, the bird, individual bird bot ships are, uh, dropping them off and you need to uh, fend them off. Uh, then their, uh, mothership comes, you have to fend that off. And then finally you're on the roof and they're being dropped across these sort of balance beams that make up the main structure and they're trying to throw bombs and you can throw them back, uh, before, uh, you end up in a boss fight, uh, against, um, the main bird bot ship. Um, and like they're they're kind of the general Mega Man Legends aerial battles, um, where you're trying desperately to lock on and shoot into the sky. And sometimes the homing missile is indispensable, and other times it just won't behave. Um, how did you guys get along with uh, this series of fights? The the aerial battles in this game are just as bad as the first one. It's like hmm. unless yeah. the enemy ship is coming directly at you, right? Good luck trying to hit it. I mean, at least you can because like your jump. Goal is just when you couldn't before while you yeah. locked on. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. But like at the same time, it's like, unless like, your bullets like always just travel right behind, they, they just move just fast enough that like you can't hit them. It's like, ugh, just, mm, just yeah. die already. I, I should <laughs> have like probably switched. Yeah. I probably should have switched to the homing missile. I don't know why I didn't. I just left the machine buster because wow. I had already upgraded it a bunch of times. Hmm. So it, it took longer than it needed to, but yeah, hmm. the homing missile probably would have helped it. Mm. Um, I, I I know you're supposed to like throw the bombs back. I only did it a couple times. Yeah, we I really don't wasting have to. my time doing this. I, I didn't yeah. even bother. I just shot all of them. Like, thank, 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 thank. Yeah, it's it's pretty much just better just to ignore them if you can. But uh, mm. they they had a few hits on me, so I had to throw a couple of bombs back. But um, I didn't make much of a point of doing it. Um, and. Uh, once you've uh, fended off the bird bots, um, they head back off to their to their base on Calbania Island, where uh, Glide has his uh, sort of pirate stronghold. Um, and uh, and we, uh, Mega Man, is you know told to told to give chase uh, and see what he can find out. And I think you're trying to get the key back. It wasn't really clear to me why you were going here, or maybe you're just trying to get the. No, they no, don't steal the key because them. yeah, because he blows no, he blows they, everything up if they get the key. Yeah. So um, he, you're just trying to because they they're afraid that they can't defend another attack. So if they right. regroup and they attack again, so they want you to go there and just eliminate them, so mm-hmm. that we don't have to worry about them anymore. It's like yeah, we'll we'll, their, we'll give you the key if you do these favors for us. That kind of yeah. that kind of dig. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to risk opening it up mm-hmm. and have them come back. Yeah, or even just having them come back and they're gonna we're out of like energy or whatever money or whatever whatever they have right mm-hmm. they can't take another attack so they want you to attack first mm. yeah they're pretty run down uh at uh at nino island um a lot of uh a lot of these battles revolve around um shooting down ships until they can get their broken down cannons uh together right. <laughs> uh so following uh following glide and his crew to calbania island um, I'm really just going to start touch on the first part of this here because I didn't fully get through this island before, uh, before I had to stop today. Um, okay. but we see, 
we see a um a society that's like even more um run down and primitive than what we saw on mm-hmm. Manda, which is just like this destroyed village with these two hideous kids. Abunda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're funny. Yeah, they are very strange. Um, their sister has been kidnapped. They have a lot of pigs. Um, I wanted to cuddle a pig. I accidentally picked one up and threw it, and then I felt really bad. Oh, no. <laughs> if, if you actually sit there and kick the pig long enough, you will turn dark in this uh, game, too. I'm which not, actually has. Uh, I'm not doing so, that. No. So, well, well th- there's actually a reason to do it in this game. Um, reason to kick pigs? It better be a good one. Well, yeah, well... <laughs> So, I mean, it doesn't have to be kicking pigs. But... This is this is side side quest stuff later. So, if you're dark in this game, um, you have to pay more money for mm-hmm. shops and stuff like that. Um, but at toward, I think it's the third the third village um, later in the game. Not that much later after this, but uh, you can find a shady person and you can sell him some shady items for money. And you can also buy the taser from him. The only way to get the taser is to buy it from him. And you can only talk to him if you are Dark Mega Man. If you're a scumbag. If you are not Dark Mega Man, uh, you cannot talk to him. Right? I'll, li- I'll live without the taser. The taser, yeah. yeah, the taser, it doesn't make a great, doesn't make I mean, a great weapon. But if you want all the weapons in the game, you got you got to eventually do it. I'm just imagining, like, Mega Man with a cattle prod, and that... Yeah, just... There's another reason to be nice to everybody. If you're nice to everybody, and you do a bunch of nice stuff, and... Um, speaking of Op One Die, after you finish this, if you give them the stuff from the mayor's quizzes, right? Mm. The the um the pen. Yes, yes. You can mm-hmm. that actually increases your your you know mm. good status, and you begin you can actually make yourself glow a little bit and get I was, discounts. I was going to ask about that because I was watching your stream last night, and I didn't know if it was just your video. It's like he's your Mega Man seems way brighter than mine. Yeah, he's <laughs> if you if you if you if you're if you're good, Extra good you become. Boy. Holy, holy, or you know, glow. You're <laughs> extra good, right? Um, okay. And you get discounts in the shops and stuff like that. And it's it's useful for that reason. That is weird. <laughs> there's so many expensive items in this game. Like some of the items cost like five hundred thousand zenny. Like some of the upgrades cost millions. I think the the do the shine laser in this game is like ten million or like fifteen twenty million. It's ridiculous. Hmm. There's a lot of so you you really need to like balance it out. If you want to get all the stuff, you need to be dark. If you don't want to spend a crap ton of money, then you need to be light. So you need to like balance it between it. And there's a bunch of different things you can do, including mm. kicking a pig. Don't kick a pig. Don't kick a pig. Um, nice giving Apo and Da the uh, the materials from the quiz um, unlocks this other like cute little side activity where they start writing you letters and you can pick them yeah. up from the post office in the first island. Yeah, they're they're, um, they're cute. They're, they actually get better at it. They like it's because they write like they write like three year olds or whatever, hmm. right? With little Z's and stuff. It's funny, and then they all of a sudden you they're writing you like these ridiculously nice letters. Like <laughs> your sister's a good teacher. <laughs> yeah, but the um the the main plot point of this island is to uh, rescue their kidnapped sister shoe from uh, Glide's base. Which uh, leads you to this this um, multi stage uh, infiltration, uh, which Mike you mentioned earlier. They're very clear about like, uh, if you're not having a good time, if you're gonna die, it's okay. Just go back out, talk to Data, refuel, uh, and just come back when, when <laughs> come back when you need to. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think they throw a lot of stuff at you. So it's it's probably nice mm. to like have a an out if you need it. 
Well, the first game would have like back-to-back boss battles with no indication that that's what you were getting into. So you could have like exactly. a, a Pyrrhic victory of like defeating a boss with like your uh, canteen is empty and you've got like one hit point left. And then, right, here's another thing. <laughs> um, so I like that they're much clearer and lenient, um, lenient about it in this game. Right. So there's a number of different uh, different assaults that you have to uh, take on uh, Glide's base. Like, uh, first you're shooting down uh, his ships uh, and destroying the ships that are in, in the sort of the air yard. Uh, then you're taking on tanks, and then eventually you're um, finally making use of your uh, claw arm to um, pick up some boxes and make, like, a little makeshift ladder to... Um, get into the base proper and uh and rescue shoe uh and rescue who... shoe which by the way why did they even kidnap her <laughs> it doesn't make what sense the the, the, you're trying the to punish these two little boys that can't even read or write it's like, <laughs> oh yeah the misadventures, of, the misadventures of charm bond make it very clear that glide is an idiot he's just mm-hmm. the bird box oh, like, okay. like the like tron and bond are you know they're they're smart in the idea that you know they always lose right they're always they're, they're perennial losers right but um, they're actually kind of intelligent with how they go about things. Glide's an idiot. He just mm. does. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna do this now. And he, the bird bots are really, really dumb. They're mm. just dumb. The surf bots are dumb too, but they're at least you know like kind of cute and innocent, right? The bird bots are stupid. They just do random stuff for whatever reason. So I, they connect the girl. <laughs> believe it or not, I didn't actually play Tron Bond. I think I have it, but so I, I don't remember much about Glide. It's it's kind of funny that. He looks like just that typical, like, look at me, I'm so cool. But yeah. I like the idea that he can have that look, but kind of be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, when you get to this base and, like, shoes on the balcony. She's just like, excuse me, sir, I've been kidnapped. Can you sort this <laughs> yes. out, please? <laughs> and it's like her 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 character model looks like it's it's screaming. And then it's just this very, very polite and understated voice acting. And I thought that was a really nice touch. It was a really good yeah. localization choice. <laughs> um so what did you guys think of the uh of of this segment with um with glide's uh base and rescuing shoe the first one with the with the the flying uh, the flying enemies again that's annoying that takes forever it's just like because once again you, unless they felt endless yeah you, yeah unless they're flying directly at you you're not hitting them with the buster gun and the homer missile misses sometimes unless you've upgraded a bit and it's like and after that though it's not that bad i mean after that it just kind of you can just keep going out and in and then just use the homie missile and just destroy the rest of them. But the, the first part takes forever just because. Yeah. I like the tower cool. one though. That one was yeah. pretty cool. Mm. I mean, yeah. yes, you're basically just looking up the whole time and just firing, but it, it's kind of fun dodging the bombs. I mean, it, 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 once again, if you have the home missile in that part, it's like you fire one missile and it hits everybody. They all just like fall out. And it's like, oh, oh killed, really? Like, like six bird bots with that one. <laughs> and then you, kill. you blow up their tower and then you get to raid their fridge and steal their fried chicken yes so the bird yes, bots are eating fried way, chicken yeah let's let's talk about that why are they <laughs> eating fried chicken because they're eating, like, really so disturbing to, the bird bots are dumb they're they're, they're just dumb do they even eat their robots <laughs> uh, yeah true i mean glide's gotta eat right <laughs> i guess ah uh, what a okay. bunch of creeps <laughs> that okay that that's weird too it's like hey boss what are you doing i'm like eating chicken <laughs> okay you know we're all birds right <laughs> well i guess he made them in his image i don't know he's, he's got that know. he's got that ducktail hair um yeah. 
so this was as far as I got today before I had to uh, stop and host this podcast. Um, so does anybody have any final thoughts about this area before we move on to our final thoughts about the first half of this game? I love the music in the field. In oh, that yeah. Area. It's, yes. it's just yes. really, it's actually a really good track. And I actually really love that track. Maybe my favorite track in the game. Mm. But uh, it just it like it doesn't. It's weird too because the first area, the first outdoor area, has a different track from the second outdoor area. But the yeah. second outdoor area is the one that has the really good track. You only hear it for a couple minutes or a couple seconds if you're there, but mm-hmm. it's cool. I like it. Mm. And then it, it turns. I like Apple and Dot too. I like Apple and Dot because you do. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just they're just two double level goofballs. They're like, ah, we'll help you. <laughs> just chuck you up on a freaking like launch you into the air. I'm sympathetic towards them, but boy, oh boy, those character models are something else. I'll, I'll, yeah, go, they with got, missing I'll go with teeth, that. They got missing teeth. They're, they're just two hey, idiot kids. They're funny. What is going on on that island? How did that society just become those two kids and their big sister? I think I think their I parents know. died. I think yeah. their parents died, and that's it. They, they, they After you save them, I think it's just like, nope, oh, our parents died, and we just live here. That's all. Just us. <laughs> We're off the grid. Yeah. But, 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 this, there is... Um, You'll, if you can connect it later in the game, then that's later in the game. Maybe if you connect the two dots about that island, mm-hmm. um, you'll figure it out. But that's way at the end. Okay. Way at the end. All right. Okay. I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's, I, it's one of the things I like a lot about this game is how much bigger the world is because of the different islands. Mm. Yeah. Um, that island... I do wish you could explore a little bit more, but like again, it's a PS one game. Like I'm not gonna hold it to like MMO standards and like yeah. size of fields, but you know, it's another thing that would make me want another game like this where you could have these different islands and just like expand them a little bit more. Someone it's, someone it's said, really cool what they're going for. Someone said on stream it was Breath of the Wild Legends. I'm like, yes, I'd play that <laughs> oh, in a heartbeat. I'd pay a thousand dollars for that game if it was a Breath <laughs> of the Wild Legends. Well, if they just yeah. took this world and made it into like a huge open world thing, I'd think I'd die. Well, I, I mean, I think what's exciting about this game is seeing how all of these different societies live uh, in this um, post-apocalypse where the world is, you know, it's covered with water, but people are still getting on, and it's mm. uh, largely largely optimistic but like all these societies are existing and operating in their own way that's good for them so i mean yeah uh going on from what you said mike i would have wanted to see a little bit more of what life on this island was like rather than just um three characters in a broken house with some pigs um because i think that's that's what's the strongest in this game is um you know going to these unique towns and um, you know, just seeing exactly what the world of Mega Man Legends is like. Right. Yeah, for mm. sure. Um, like I said, I've always, I, I always love games that do world building really well. Yeah. And this is definitely one of them. And mm. unfortunately, we never got, we never get to go back to this world ever. <laughs> 17 <Aww>. years. Well, <laughs> well you really, really put a pessimistic tone on this but yeah i guess that's i'm sad i'm sad i had i i had a i had a unfortunately i had to beat the game yesterday because uh uh-huh. scheduling but it was like you play it again you see the end it's like 17 years capcom 17 <laughs> years <laughs> yeah i really want a sequel to come out and just to find out that this is actually the same world as wind waker covered in water oh, yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> it's actually like just hyrule underneath yeah, yeah. yeah that could work <laughs> yeah 
Uh, so final thoughts about the first half of Mega Man Legends 2. Um, Mike, what do you think so far? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm into it. I just, mm. the, there's so much more variety in terms of like presentation and gameplay. Um, I, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. It still has all the strong suits of the first one. I, I just, I have a weakness for like being able to interact with like every little thing you walk past. Heck yeah. So I'm glad you can still do that. Um, just all the little touches in the towns are nice. The, mm. the load times are way better. Like I said, in the dungeons, um, but also even like saving, like the first game takes way too long to save. Mm-hmm. Mm. I actually, when I, when I started playing, I lost like a half hour of playtime because I forgot I didn't save mm. in my you head. You want to save because it takes forever. It, well, yeah. no, no. Like I went to data and okay. like hit, hit confirm, but I, I guess I just waited for the loading screen for him to load my saves and didn't actually hit save. Okay. There you go. Mm. That sucks. Um, again, like that's a minor thing, but I've no, I've noticed that like that stuff is faster. Mm. Um, it's just way it's like you said at the very beginning, like quality of life. Like they, they really improved on like every little aspect of this game. Oh yeah. Really should. How about you, Scott? I know that you I feel very, very strongly about this game. Yes. I still love this game. Um, where you guys are going to go to, and I suggest you buy the aqua chip, buy the aqua chip from the shop because I think I already it, did. Does that unlock the, the, the jets underwater? Yes, because yeah, the yeah. underwater parts of this game are atrocious. <laughs> atrocious. They're like it's a really cool setting. Like you're just about you're just like you're right there. It's a really cool setting, mm-hmm. really cool take on it. But it feels like you move through molasses. It feels like you, the game is ah. moving at like 10 FPS, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god! You'll see a little just... bit of this if you let the title screen idle and go. Oh yeah. boy, oh, that yeah. frame rate. It's it's just it's not even it's just it, the physics they decided to do. It's not even like the mm. frame rate it dies. It's just the physics feel like the frame rate dies, mm. and it's like oh my god, just go move please. And if you don't buy the aqua chip, you will just sit there forever and just try to hit forward. <laughs> okay, so, but so I gotta get the aqua chip, of, and the drill yes, arm. Yeah, <laughs> the drill arm. But outside of like the underwater sections, this game is absolutely fantastic. I still love it. I still love the world setting. I still love the characters. I think they're cool. I think it feels like I said. It still feels like a sun, uh, Saturday morning cartoon game, and I will always appreciate that about this game. I'm... It's almost like Mega Man Legends One is a Saturday morning cartoon, and then this is this is like the feature film adaptation. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Too. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> That's good. Or, um, or if we want to really like date ourselves and go back, the first game is like the um, like the weekday Sonic. Sonic, and this is the Saturday version. Saturday one, (laughs) yes. Oh boy, that oh that week that weekday Sonic, yeah, got a lot of memories of that. (laughs) It's still I I don't know I don't I haven't thought about that in a long time, but it's still weird to me that there were two Sonic series going on at the same time that were totally different. Both with Urkel. Yes, yes. I don't (laughs) really know why they did that, but he was big back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um. I am very, very much enjoying this so far. Um, I did love playing through the first game again, but this is infinitely more accessible and just like more playable. Um, it's, uh, the controls and, um, the, uh, lenient saving, uh, both go a long way to make this feel much less, um, frustrating. Uh, so, um, Whereas whenever I died in the first game, I kind of felt like it was a control issue or a camera issue. And um, that's really, I've had less of that frustration 
uh, and subsequently fewer deaths um, playing through the first half of Mega Man Legends 2. So I think this holds up remarkably well, um, and I'm, I'm very excited to see it through to the end for the first time. Um, yeah, I'm excited. To see I'm, exci- I'm excited to see what you guys, how you guys feel at the end when yeah. you realize there needs to be a third game. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I've heard that it's a big old cliffhanger, but yes. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing exactly how that pans out. It's like they, it's they just never mind. You'll see there when you yeah, get yeah, there. don't. It's pay. not even a spoiler. It's just like the game is just like it's like they they say like four times. Oh yeah, there's gonna be another game, and then it's like there's never any other new game. It's just annoying, very annoying. Well, we're living in a world that's getting a third Shenmue, so. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. somehow I think that's even you know Shenmue is even less likely than another Mega Man Legends, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, basically, just everyone keep going buying Mega Man Eleven and tell yeah. me want more Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all we can do. <laughs> and forget about Red Ash. That's that's not going to turn out well. Yeah, if it turns out at all. Geez. <laughs> Okay, that is where we will close out this week's episode. Um, tune in next week where we will be doing the second half of Mega Man Legends 2, uh, followed by a special Halloween episode on Halloween itself, hosted by Marcus Gaspar, uh, where we will be playing uh, the indie horror game Mermaid Swamp. Uh, following that, in November, um, our retro crew will be playing Golden Sun. Uh, so uh, keep an eye out for those. Um, those are Those are going to be very fun to listen to. Uh, you can email us at retro at rpgfan.com, uh, comment on the boards. Um, we'd r- really appreciate you leaving us an iTunes review because that um, gets our visibility up on the charts. I mean, it sounds like a small thing, but you would be surprised the amount of uh, visibility and help that gets us. So if you could take a few minutes out of your day to do that, we would be most grateful. Uh, um, Mike, where can people find you on the web if they want to contact you? Well, you can technically find me on Twitter at Valkyrie Studio. I will reply to mentions, even though I don't browse Twitter as much as most people. But there you go. And I'm on Discord once in a while. And Scott, how about you? I know you're terribly social media averse, but you are out there. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the Discord, and you can also find me on the, the Twitch page. Um, and um, if you want to watch the VODs of me playing Mega Man Legends 1 and 2, on stream with everybody, um, including that 100-question quiz, which was fun. Um, you can check it out on um, our, our Twitch channel. Um, by the time that you listen to this, it'll be you could catch all the VODs up there. So yeah. you definitely, if you love these games like I do, you can enjoy them again. Absolutely check those out, folks. They will be a fun watch. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MissAnthroBob, and uh, that is us this week. Uh, we are hoping that uh, Mike Solosi will be over his illness and join us next week. Um, but, uh, God, I feel a little bit dirty doing his sign-off without him here, but let's keep with tradition, and we'll say good night and good luck.